Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Oh, it's 158. Holy Sorry. I didn't realize how late it was. Are you really about to bring your mistress on here with me right now? I mean, I'm supposed to be your one and only. Man, you feeling good? Yeah, I can't complain. You can, but you're rich and playing the NFL and nobody wants to hear it. I'm a Giants fan, but other than those weeks, I'll root for you, yeah. Let's go Big Blue! They were calling me crap because I was like a bottom feeder. I was on the bottom of the ocean cleaning up the crap there. Damn, we're like Lucy and uh, Ethel. On the uh, on the freaking uh, assembly line with the freaking candies. The candies are rolling today. Chris was saying some of the best things he's ever said in the four and a half years that we've been doing this. I mean, it was Emmy-worthy stuff, and it's lost forever into the ether. But uh, we'll go ahead and let him have a crack at it. Do you hear me now? You know I'm friends with your coach, right? Did you know that? No, I knew it when I walked out. They have each other's initials tattooed on their legs. (laughs) Right. I'm not... Here we are at the NFL experience. It could Whoa. be quite an experience today. It got, I just got it nervous. Got very loud. It was like CBS halftime show at the AFC Championship. <laughs> when you couldn't hear my dad for or a Boomer moment there. You never know when <laughs> Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger quite possibly is going to take over the show. Is Bob Seeger still alive? That's a good question. He's definitely alive know. here. I don't know. He's definitely alive You're here. You're supposed to know that. I don't know. You're the old timer. I don't know. <laughs> all I know is, all I know is. They just blasted they his music. blasted it. To the I point mean, where we were like, oh, no, we're not going to be able to do the show and actually hear anything in our ear or anything here. Just as we were getting ready to come right, on, as right. they were doing that great montage. Well done, EJ. Way to go, EJ. Lucy and. and Lucy. I, Lucy and uh, Ethel. Ethel. On the. Assembly line. Wait, first off, have you seen the movie Meet the Ricardos? Yes. It's very – I liked it a lot. 
No? It was okay. It's nominated for Best Picture. Okay. It, I mean, I thought it was worthy yeah. of that nomination. You were just okay? Different kind of a, yeah, just okay. Damn, just okay. okay. Gosh, you're such a freaking hater. I, yes. Listen, you can't do it. Let's just give, it, let's give everything an A. Let's give really everything's great. Everything's I really, great. really, really liked it. I thought Coda's it was the best movie of the year. Coda uh, should win Best Picture. Have you okay, seen Coda? I have not. It's well, you on my list, though. It's All awesome. Right. Awesome. All right, uh, we're not here to talk about We're in Hollywood. This is Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. Cisco, I used to, like, they were so friggin' influential when yeah, I was growing up. Right. And I would watch that show, you know, high school, college age. If they liked a show, I'd, a movie, I'd go see it. Yeah. If they didn't, I just wouldn't. I mean, yeah. that's how influential yeah, they, they were. If they, if they went two thumbs down, I'm not wasting my time. I got you. I, I think I how many millions of dollars changed hands because of their hands. I know, because right. of this. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. You're right. But even in my era, I, you're right. I was still, like, paying attention to what they were saying. I'm, what, 10, 15 years younger than you? 17? 16? I don't know. Okay. A lot. Uh, <laughs> what, what year were you born? Uh, 80. 15. Uh, yeah, 15. 15. Okay. Which is which is good. It's You're good. not young enough to be my son. Right. Thank God. Yes. But, uh, well, I mean, technically, but no. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, two thumbs down for us today. Uh, two thumbs up for our guests, though. We got some great guests coming up. Chris is here for just a little bit of time because he's very special. He has to go do something that I don't get to do. I have to stay and continue to grab the co- the, the chocolates off the conveyor belt. But you're going somewhere. I don't know where, but you don't know. You're I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's that special. If you want to be special, you can go for me. It has something to do with the pregame where they just got to, like, look, like the, put me in front of the camera to be like, oh, wait, you do fit in the camera. That's well, good. Yeah, no one can here stand here in for you. <laughs> even, even if someone stands on a box, there's no one with a head as big as yours, so <laughs> you have you. to be there. Thank you, you very much. You're the only one. There's Thank no you. stand-in for Chris Sims. Jay Glazer will be here in about 35 Damn, minutes. I'm going to be mad and I missed that. He is a whirlwind. He is like the Tasmanian devil, so whirlwind. it would have been nice to have a buffer between me and him. Oh, yeah, I know. The He'll just go time, all over the place. First time I ever met him, right. he came up to me and he took his thumb and he stuck it right oh, there yeah, yeah. and pressed. I've seen him do and that. And almost killed me. Right. I, and it hurt for like a week. He loves all his UFC moves and everything. He wants to prove to you that like if it goes down, he's going to put you in some move you're not going to win. Eli Manning is going to join me by Zoom in about Damn. 55 minutes. He originally canceled because he got... Thought Sims was going to. I'm not. He found out the Sims wasn't. He decided to. I'm full transparency. I really think Eli Manning canceled because of me. I really do. I think he's still mad at me at that tweet I put out a few, or not the tweet, what I said on the show a few years ago about his brother. I said it was just a bad, the worst pregame for a Super Bowl I'd ever seen, and then he tweeted out a picture of me and said I forgot you ever played football. So he was legitimately mad about that. You you criticized Peyton in Super Bowl Fifty, just the pregame and on the field didn't look like he really had. I never got a uh, message from Eli, though, when I talked about how awesome his brother is and he's better than Brady in his prime and all those things. Never got like, oh, I remember Chris playing football. He was awesome then. Did, did, <laughs> did the conversation end with either of you saying, tell your dad I said hi? <laughs> no, it did not. The Jim Harbaugh move. <laughs> um, we'll have uh, Justin Jefferson coming up in a little bit, too. We talked to him about Jim Harbaugh almost becoming coach of the Vikings. But before that, it's time to get to something I have been procrastinating, regretting, lamenting. Here we go, Ever since Rams. it was locked in. Here we go. I don't know who I'm taking. Rams, Here Bengals. We go. You want me to go first? Well, I know you're going first because you're taking uh, the Rams. I am. I'm going for the Rams. I am. I, I, I just I look at the Rams. I think there's two things that I just base level that I look at. I do think they're more talented football team. I do. I think if we go through it, you know, there's a lot to like with the Bengals. But I think you go through more of the position units, you're going to pick the Rams units more times than the Bengals. I'm also going to give the edge in coaching to the, the Rams a little bit. 
Not that it's a huge advantage, but I think just between those two things, the fact that it's a little bit of an older team, a little bit more battle-tested, and really in some ways, again, the Bengals are magical, Mike, but you kind of know how I feel. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks I'm not sure they were the better team in the divisional round on the field. I'm not sure they were the better team on the field in the AFC round and the AFC championship game. So I'm going with the Rams, and I'm going with the Rams like 38-21. Wow, win. wow. I'm going wow. with the Rams to Boom. win dominantly. Bang. Yes, I am. Look, I, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and I've, I've said a few times this week that if the Rams are going to win, it's got to be step on their throat, right. keep pressing, don't let them back into it. Yeah. Because if you let them hang around, they're eventually going to take it. They did it against the Titans. They did it against the Chiefs. And they, they – they almost let the Raiders do, do it, it to them. them. No doubt. They let them hang around. But all these games are close. Yeah. They're battle-tested. Right. Don't mess around with Joe Burrow. But they've got the pass rush. How many years have we seen the pass rush that is dominant overwhelm a quarterback? We saw it last year. Right. We saw it the year that the Broncos beat the Panthers, despite Peyton Manning no longer having much of anything as right. it relates to some of his higher-end abilities. A lot of quarterbacks could have won that game. I don't think a lot of quarterbacks could have gotten them to the game but on that day, it was about Vaughn Miller and the pass rush, and I think it's going to be about uh, it's going to be about the pass rush. It's going to be about right. the defense. It's going to be about Odo Beckham Jr. I think he's going to have a big game. We said yesterday we both believe he'll be over the sixty and a half receiving yards. I had thirty to twenty-one in my head. Thirty to twenty-one. Thirty to twenty-one. And, you're and, and, I, and I hate there. yeah, I had thirty to twenty-one Rams uh, because the, the spread's down to four because so many people are betting on the Bengals. They're moving the the number to entice people to bet on the Rams, but I think it's head versus heart. And a lot of people want to see the Bengals win. It's a great story. You get caught up in a great story. You get caught up in an underdog story. I remember 30 years ago, 36 years ago, the 85 Bears, sure. the Patriots making to the game. Right. I was caught I, you know, I'm in college. I'm thinking, hey, I want the Patriots to win this. It's a great story. I right. want the – and they, they splattered. And I feel like it's, it's going to be splatter time. And, and – one of the things we haven't talked about all week, the advantage that the Rams have of not having to leave Los Angeles. Yeah. Of not having to get on a plane and go three time zones away. Of not having to adjust to that. Of being in their regular environment. I know they've had to practice at the Rose Bowl because of wins, but they're the home team, even though the Bengals are technically the home team. And I think there's a built-in advantage there as well when – you know, I, it's not like you're going to get to sleep in your bed all week long. At some point, you go to the team hotel, but yeah. you're, you're home. You're still in your natural environment, right. and there's a, there's a built-in advantage there that the Bengals uh, are going to have to overcome. And Joe Burrow said, uh, you know, distractions already have taken root early in the week, and they have to get away from that, and they have to focus on team. For the Rams, it's never a distraction. They live here. They're here all the time. It's not an issue. It's, no. not, it's not anything. It's almost like what you say about going to Miami. You know, you got all these Bengals players coming to L.A. and they oh, may get caught up in the L.A. Degrees, yeah. Oh, let's go to this place. Let's get out here. Let's walk. Let's go to the beach. I, I, I hear you there. The Rams certainly aren't going to fall into that trap, you know. But yeah, I think you make good points. I, I do. They're in their comfort level. Like even today, I know the Rams. I think we're practicing at the Rose Bowl because their normal facility had like high winds, right, right. or something right. like that. I said that. You know. Yeah. No, I did. But I but but I, I didn't know if you said today. But yeah. to your point, like, yeah, they're still getting in the car going home. Yeah. They're not going to a hotel. They're in that process. There is that. But as you know, too, and we've talked to this a little bit, you could play the flip side of that as well. You are home. People are starting to come into town. 
and hey, it's, it's everywhere you go. Hey, Super Bowl, yeah, Ram Super Bowl. You're having to hear that a little bit. Where the Bengals, as we know, on the road sometimes you get to the team hotel and all you do is like, man, just focus on the game. Uh, but but I still I think would give the Rams the advantage. To your point, I think you're that's right. One of the things that we both agreed on: yeah. NFC Championship game, great players making great plays, yeah. and, and the Rams have the great players. Will they make the great plays? Will Matthew Stafford cough one up, and will it make a difference? If yeah. it keeps it close, that's how the Bengals have a shot. I I think the Bengals blowing out the Rams is the 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 bottom the possibility. thing that doesn't happen. Right. right. If the Rams win, I expect it to be a big win because right. I think Sean McVay will have them ready to go. Who do you give the edge to in the? Boss versus former pupil with Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor knows the personnel to an yeah, extent. Obviously, right. different quarterback, different right. running back. But he knows the personnel. But McVay knows Zach Taylor. Yeah, I give it to McVay. I do. I always kind of give it to the teacher more than the pupil uh, more times than not. And I think the other thing, too, you know, McVay, of course, has coached in a Super Bowl already. This is Zach Taylor's first time around doing that. There is something to that. I talked to Sean McVay last week, and he, he – You'll see it in the pregame show. He talks about some of those experiences from the first time around and what, how it's going to help him this time around. So I think I look at that, and I, I do look at – I guess I look at – again, I really like Zach Taylor and that offense and what him and Brian Callahan do on that side of the ball. But I guess I am more of a, McFan, a fan of what McVay has to offer that way too. You know, the one thing McVay I thought was really cool he said to me, Mike, was – that he's added a lot to his offense this year. Because once he got to know Matt Stafford, he was – he I guess he was smarter than he even re- thought he was going to be. Like just as far as X's and O's, knowing everything about plays. And, and he he's like, Stafford could teach me like a coach certain plays that I didn't have a lot of experience with. And because of that, you know, McVay has said Stafford is added to the McVay offense. He's taken some of the Scott Linehan drop-back pass plays that Matthew Stafford has and some of the other good offensive coordinators he's been around, and they've infused that into their offense. And I think they're a little bit of a deadly combination. McVay made it sound like their game planning that Stafford certainly has a say in what he likes to do, and I give that a little bit of an edge in that group there because Burrow, of course, young too and still doesn't know a whole lot that way. It's been a long time coming for Matthew Stafford, yeah. a long time coming for Aaron Donald, a long time coming for Odell Beckham Jr. There's just too much of that. That's what I There's, there's too much feel. of that. Guys coming together, right. coalescing and realizing this is our opportunity. We've been in the NFL for so long. Right. And now Donald was there three years ago, knows how hard it is to get back. Odell Beckham Jr.'s never been there. Stafford's never been there. I just feel like... And, and here's the other... Here, they want to win for the other one, too. Hey, it's not even for themselves. They're all like, I want to win for Aaron Donald. I want to win for OBJ. Do it's you cool. really want yeah. to have to show up for work every damn home game for the rest of your career with the Rams in the stadium where you lost a Super Bowl? I think that's part of it, too. Yeah, I hear this you. This is only the second time it's ever taste. happened. You're right. You don't want that. That, right. that fear-based motivation right. of we don't want to – look, this is our workplace. We can't, we can't have lose the biggest memory, professional memory game of our lives yeah. here and have to continue to show up here and play all the time. So I think that's part of it as well. We have to, yeah. we have to let you go. By the way, Bob Seeger is still with us. Yeah. Bob Seeger is good. 76 years old. He's still with us, and he may make a return well, at any point. Because I'm t- it was scary how loud it was just before we came on the R. Right, it, it, it was. was. It, it was, was like bust your eardrums. No doubt, loud. no doubt. What do you think? You think the Bengals have a good plan to slow down that pass rush of the Rams and all that? 
I, they have a plan. They have a they have plan. A plan. Have a just plan. you do it. Plan goes out the window when yeah. you get hit in the mouth. Who That's said one, that? Mike Tyson? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. This is one thing to watch out in the game, you know, the sirs, and we know. It's more than any other Super Bowl that I can remember. I mean, it's a team that got 50-plus sacks going against a team that got sacked 50-plus times. That's rare. It doesn't always happen. The team that got the 50-plus sacks, I believe this is the third time in the Super Bowl this has happened, they win every time. The defense wins. So I, I believe they're 3-0 in that stat department. I'm going to be interested, too, Mike, with this little angle. The Rams, we know the front four is great. They rush five too much. And if you rush five and you're worried about the pass rush, what do you think as a, other, the other team's quarterback? He's going to be going, let me get the ball out quick. Let me get it out quick, right? To me, that'll play right in the hands of the Bengals. And now there's one, ex, one less guy maybe over the middle to throw a slant route or a shallow cross route for Jamar Chase. If the Rams rush four, I think they're going to give problems to the Bengals. If they get over aggressive and try to just kill, go over the kill shot, the jugular, then they're going to let the Bengals hang around and Joe Burrow's going to make some plays with Jamar Chase, and then that's when the game gets dicey. I'm definitely not feeling great about my pick. Yeah. And and I do kind of hope the Bengals win just because I think it would be a better story. Cool story. And I hear stories. you. But, but it feels like the Rams players are primed right now. They, they deserve it. They've earned it. Yeah. And they're doing it at home. And, again, they don't want to keep coming back to the stadium for every Sunday, Monday, or Thursday the rest of their careers with the Rams experiencing again, having flashbacks again to the day that they had a championship in their hands and they blew it. So yeah. I don't think they're going to blow it. I think they're going to win it. We're yeah. going to take a break. When we return, we have a combination. First, Nicole Hardman, then Justin Jefferson. Receiver day here from the Super Bowl Ballers. on PFT Live. We'll be back with those guests right after this. See ya. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. We continue the week here at the NFL Experience in Los Angeles, site of Super Bowl 56. Joining us now, Kansas City Chiefs receiver, McCole Hardman. I love the chain. Thank you. I love the chain. I love the Watch love this show. guy. He'll try to take it. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, I mean, it's going to be hard to take this. <laughs> it, it is. Oh, you don't think I can do it? You don't think I can pull it off? He's, no, got, the, he's got the Akib like, Tlaib arm strength where he can rip it right off you like Akib used to do. Well, it's, a different, it's a different kind of link, you know? Uh, it is a different kind of link. <laughs> gotta... My problem is if I did take it, I, I'm not going to be able to run away from him. Like, he's going to catch yeah. me, so that, that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I'm not really – it's a no-win situation. But good to have you here, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, now you're an exciting player. We enjoy watching you, the Kansas City Chiefs, certainly. Go ahead, Mike. I didn't mean to jump no, in. No, no, it's fine. We're just having yeah. a conversation. That's how we do it. We talk about whatever we want to talk about. And, look, you've been through this experience as a player. You've been through this experience now as a guy who's making some money in media. Surely you prefer to be a player. What's your biggest Super Bowl memory? I mean, I'd be the one we won uh, against the 49ers. What stands out? Um, I don't know, just the, the comeback in the game and right. just just how we just finished the game off like we supposed to, you know what I mean? Um, but it's just probably the – the end of feeling, the confetti on the field. Yeah. 
family come on the field, it's just it's just crazy experience. What about like the panic that you might have had in your body at that time when you were down twenty to ten and it was like six minutes left? Yeah, like did you left. did you feel like a pit in your stomach? Did you there was never it doesn't seem like anyone says there was panic on the sideline that day. It's it's never like with us it's never panic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause like how we how we how we think is like we know we can we can score as an right. offense. Like we know we can score. We just we got to do it, you know right. what I'm saying? And when we was down 2010, it was just more so like if they give us a chance, like yeah. it's going, they're going to have problems. But that's what drives you guys, uh, drives us absolutely crazy about you guys. Like just what you just said, like first half last week, right? Find the gas pedal, We're score like, 28 oh, man. And then in the second half, what the hell happened in the AFC championship We didn't game? score. I know. Didn't score at all. I, know. I, don't, I don't know. It's just amazing how you guys can look like the best offense in football and then go through a period where you just go, what the hell happened all right. of a sudden? I don't know, man. Just I think nothing wasn't, wasn't clicking, you know what I'm saying? And, um, just had to be a whole lot better in that second half. Like, I don't know. It was just we didn't get past the fifty on. Right. Never, you know? never got in a rhythm. Never got in a rhythm. Never got anything going down. Putting our defense in bad situations, and it's like, and we had a chance, you know, to win it, but we just never, you know, closed it out. But um, there's no excuse for it. it just got to be better in those situations. McCall, there was talk that the Bengals dramatically changed their defensive approach in the second half. Did you sense anything like that during the game? Um, not really. I feel like they they had a, like the same kind of game plan, but just sw- like tweak it a little bit of like you know taking certain things away instead of like you know letting us get those you know you know maybe those little quick routes or those easy routes that we was running earlier in the first right. half. So um, I kind of think they tweaked it a little bit, and um, but the little tweak probably that's what kind of you know probably did it for us. But I don't, I don't know. Um, they didn't do nothing significant that really changed. Yeah, it wasn't significant. Like you saw the three man rush in the first half once or twice, but then the second half it just seemed to be more of a thing that they kind of. Right. But you, like you guys were prepared for that. Right. You knew that was a part of their their defense. Exactly. I guess they just did a few more things within it than they usually do. That right. Be fair to say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just little things we haven't seen before that you had to, you know, pick up on like, as the game went or in the second half went and um but they did a good job, man. I ain't gonna lie, they they did what they supposed to do and and they uh they definitely closed that game up. Yeah. What was the impact of not getting any points at the end of the first half? Did that feel like a gut punch going into the locker room? Yeah, it's kinda like a momentum a momentum um switch too, you know. Yeah. Um, we had all the momentum, um definitely driving the ball all the way down and um our decision not to kick the field goal, I don't know. Um but I feel like if those three points definitely would, you know, make their game uh, a lot easier. Right. You know, because that way you had to score twice instead three of, touchdowns, know, right. Instead of scoring and kicking the field goal maybe. Or right. a two-point conversion wouldn't even matter at that time. So um, a lot of things could have happened differently. I know. People don't realize, though, that the momentum aspect of that is real, right? I mean, right. try to explain that to people. You go into half, like, you kick a field goal, hey, we're up by 14. You know, maybe still didn't even play our best, but we're up by 14. Instead, you went into a, by 11 going, wait, we kicked the crap out of them, and now they're only two scores down. Yeah, two yeah. scores down, definitely. Um, really, a, a field goal, I mean, a two-point conversion, a score and a field goal. Yeah, field, and they did, and that's they, what they did. That's what they did. Yeah. And, um, but that, that momentum switch, man, it's better going to the locker room, like, you know, bringing some points, knowing you're getting the ball back in the second half. Right. Um, but not making a field goal or not even kicking a field goal, it's kind of like just, you know, Slumps you down just a little bit instead of you know having you you know hyper yeah. ready to go back out. So uh, that momentum switch is definitely um, a thing. Yeah, you had your most catches and most yards in your third NFL season. Fifty nine catches, six hundred ninety three yards. What's what's the next level up from a Cole Hardman? Uh, about time for the thousand yard season. Um, you know, just personally speaking, uh, thousand yard season definitely coming up. Um, but just trying to get better every every year. You know, improving on the catching, improving on my routes. Um, I think I had the most first downs in my career as well um, with the catches. So it's like you just improve on the small things and everything else will come with it. You, with T- Tyree Kill, 
you know, the the speed you guys have, you're so dangerous. I mean, you know, with Mahomes at quarterback this year, we're so used to seeing you guys be a well-oiled machine. Like, what is the thought in the locker room when your offense was kind of sputtering early on in the year, halfway through the year, and people were on Mahomes maybe for the first time right. in his career? You know, you know, what, what, take us into your mindset through those situations. Um, I think, like, I think when we play, people understand when we play defenses, we get a whole entirely different. Defense you get a different approach than right. what another team will have. Yes. You know what I'm saying so. Right. You can play a team in week six, right, and watch five weeks of their film of yeah. their defense, and then when they come play us. It's nothing what they did in the five weeks. You know, sure. Similar things. Yeah. But it's um, but it's a whole different approach. So right. For us, we got to come in and you know, prepare for something we might not seen before, and then pick up on it as the game goes. Like, okay, this is what they're doing. You know, they're doubling Tyreek. You know, oh no, well they're they're doubling Kelsey. So we got to do this. You know, Tyreek, they're letting you get this. So we got to run more of this. Yeah. You know? Right. So right. you know, it's it's definitely a, more of a challenge for us going into a game than you know a regular a regular team or I mean another team that's seeing their consistent defense they play sure, week in week sure. out. You know. Yeah. So we just had to you know just really figure out in. how teams were playing right. you a little lock bit. in and just figure out what's what what we can do the basic things right that that help work to open up you know everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you keep your Super Bowl rank? You have it. I don't have it. Where do you keep it? It's in my house. Okay, where in your house? Uh, safe. You're not home, so now's my chance. <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying for years I'm getting myself a Super Bowl ring one way or the other, so you better make sure it's in the safe. And, and what's crazy, I wanted to bring it with me too, but I was like, you know what, man, I've been this, this is the first Super Bowl, so you know um, that I got the ring, but um, it's definitely kept up safe. For sure. Is it weird to wear it? Do you put it on sometimes and just how does it? Because they're, just, they're so big. Gigantic. Well, I only wore it once. For the um, when we got it, I wore that once. After that, I, it's, that was it's, it. That was it. Locked up, locked up. Yep. All right, all right. So wait, now, like I know you pride yourself in your speed, okay? It's got to be weird that it's maybe the first team you're ever on where you're not the fastest guy on the team. Maybe you, maybe you think you are. If you want to, so go ahead right now. That guy keeps telling Hussein Bold he's going to beat him. Tell him you'll beat him. Hey man, uh, but that's got to be weird for you. I mean, the fact that you know, I look at him and go, he's got three rockets up his butt. I usually classify you as two and a half rockets up okay. your butt. All right. Okay. So, but, but you're saying, I can tell by the look in your eye, you like your chances is what I, I, I love my chances. I love my chances, actually. Oh. Okay. Come on, Tyreek. I see 4-3-3. Three, three. That's pretty damn that's fast. That's pretty damn fast. That's, that's pretty right. damn that's, fast. That's, 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 that's like false, though. You know, I'm really 4-2. I'm just, just putting it out there. 4-2. Yeah. Four, four, two. yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. Tyreek just, um, he, he's the type of guy like, you know, you know, you ever heard saying like he's fast but not quick? Yeah. But he's quick but not fast? Right. Well, Tyreek is both. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that kind of, that kind kind of amplifies of how fast he get to certain certain links, yeah, you know? Right. Um but I don't know man. I, it's it's tough to say I beat him. Yeah. But I just feel like I give him everything he wants. Who else who else in football you think is in a race with you guys? Like anybody else that just you think name wise that just jumps to your head. I know you know there's other fast guys out there and we're putting you on the spot, but uh-huh. anybody in your class right now you think as far as that type of speed? <laughs> um I don't know. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't like Raheem Mozart might be up there with you, 49ers running back. Yeah, he's 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 he fast. can go right. He can go. He ran big track, ten track guy, right? Yeah. yeah, he won the big ten sixty meter. But I think he's heavy right now. He's heavy. He's so you're heavy. right now. He's not in shape. Yeah, like McCole Hardman's sprinter shape. Nah, right he's now. not. Um, I, I think I think it's me and Tyreek at the top for sure. Okay. And um, and then the other the other ones below us. I don't know. I mean, it, it, somebody could be faster than us. We don't, I don't know, but as far as we know, it's like, it's us two at a time. All right, you're up there. All right, before we get to the business of why you're here today, I, I got to ask you about the this. other business. The other business, because it's contract year. 
This is it. Oh, yep. Last do you year. want to get a new contract with the Chiefs before the season, or do you want to go out and prove what you can do and then leave it to the Chiefs or someone else to reward you after the season? Um, I kind of want to prove myself, man. I really, I really want to like prove that I can be like the, the guy. guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like instead of just like you know, well here, here you go, and you know, I really want to go out there and prove it to me, and then and leave it up to them if they want to, you know. Bring me back, or you know, if it, somebody else want to, you know, do what they have to do. So, it's the right attitude. Yeah, it's right. He said. So, what he's saying is, is, he ain't signing crap. He wants he's to go out there and ball. <laughs> Don't and bother. He wants to be rich as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then he wants his own butler to come and deliver his shoes and stuff. And here he yeah. is. Uh, boom! Um, Look at this guy, man. What can, uh, can get I get you? <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, uh, so kick tell world. Don't show us your feet like Aaron Rodgers did, please. <laughs> kick, kick, kicks world, you know. Um, KYX, yeah. If y'all didn't know how to spell that, all right. KYX, and it's kind of like a, a thing like basically like try before you buy type right. thing. You know what I'm saying? If I want to go get some kicks, oh, that stay there. You got? Oh you yeah, take yeah, mine yeah, off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Size 16, right? Yeah, like that? <laughs> this is what my career has come to. Yeah, I like it though. All right. Yeah, I, I, I love it, man. Um, so KYX, KYX dot world dot world, right? Yep. And um, basically just, you know, like I said, try before you buy. Basically like renting. You can rent. So say if you, you know how you buy a pair of shoes? Yeah. Say if you wear them like for a couple of days and you're like, I really don't like You don't feel them. They don't well, move. with this you can. Put them back out there. You can send them back. I, right. I, I, need mean, to, I need to introduce my son to this because he's about your age and everywhere I go in the house, there's shoes. Mm-hmm. And none of them are mine. They're his. Oh, so, so I'd rather he rent. But he likes buy. to use his money to buy his shoes. <laughs> yeah, he likes to use good. my money to buy the yeah. shoes. And fortunately, they're the same size if I ever wanted to wear them. But right. I, I, I get in trouble if I do. So <laughs> I like the rent over buy. And you can keep them, you too, can do though. either way. Yeah, right. If you, you do If you buy them and, or rent them and you like, I like these, and you just keep paying them off and, like, you know, it'd be yours or you just buy them all right. So you can go on a payment plan like that, too. Yeah, I think you yeah. can do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. How do people right. find out about it? KYX. What's the website? You got it? KYX.world. All right. Instead of .com, world. Um, the whole world. Yeah. And does this guy come along with it? Is he going to, like, if I order some shoes, you just That's come to the like house? That's kind of like for me right there. That's you know? special right there. VIP yeah. personnel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, McCall, we appreciate some of your time. Good luck this season. I hope you I hope you have the kind of year you want to have and get the contract you want to have with the it. Chiefs or someone else. The yeah, big league. A lot of teams. A lot of teams. You can Lots get the fastest zeros. guy on the team Lots again. zeros behind <laughs> those numbers. Uh, there he is, McCall Harden. Have a great day, pal. Good talking to you. You're Thank the you. man. and Jefferson to the right. He's in a big blitz. He's hit. Time to blow that horn again, Chris Sims. We got a Viking on the set. Here we go. Justin Jefferson, not just any Viking. One of the best players on the team, one of the best players in the league, and one of the nicest guys we've met this week. And we're not just saying, we don't just say that with everybody. Trust me, just don't listen to any of the interviews, and you can confirm. It was one of our favorites. One of our favorites. Here he is, too. Justin yeah. Jefferson. Welcome back. Great to talk to you, pal. Good. Oh, good. You know he's a Vikings fan. I know. Like, die hard. No. Like, no, like, die hard. He tries to act Quit like blown he's blown up not. my spot. That's how they say it. blown it up. He's already blown it up. <laughs> <laughs> he loves you all the time. You're the man. I love now, you. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand, different it's story. Like, it's like, I love him. I love him now. I love him. Like, all over the place. Shoes, huh? <laughs> depends, on, depends on the game. Depends on the, depends on the play. Depends on whether he throws a touchdown pass or gets sacked. So, but uh, how's it going? Yeah, it's going good, man. It's it's been a long two weeks, a week and a half, but you know, hanging in there. Long season, too, 17 games. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. no 18th game. I, I know you got that competitive fire. You got that drive. You want to be playing in the postseason. 
And I mean, I can feel it when you talk about it. You just you you want more. You want more, and that 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 needs to infect the rest of the organization. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, it hurts not being in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, my whole life I've been in the playoffs and competing for a championship, or I mean, just being in the playoffs. So uh, it definitely hurts, you know, not giving that chance, not giving that opportunity to, you know, keep fighting for another uh, extra game. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, the season just, you know, didn't come in our favor. But at the end of the day, I can only do what I can do. You know, just uh, keep performing at my best ability. Speaking about what you can do, like, I know you have great self-confidence, but did you think you were just going to come into the league and just take over and just, I mean, you've made it look easy. Yeah. I'll just say that. I know it's not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody would just expect uh, to have a season like I had. Right. Uh, You're the second best receiver on your college team, too. I mean, it just, I feel like nobody saw this coming. I don't think anybody did. Right. Uh, I mean, to to come out and have a, a record-setting season, yeah. Um, in two two back-to-back, you know, years like right. that. So I mean, grace of God, really. Odell, but. Randy Moss. I mean, you're being held up there with some right, names that man. are legends and, and 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 outperforming them yes. early in their career too, setting a standard crazy. that they weren't able to set. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we got to keep going. This is only my year two. So there's a lot more things that I need to learn, need to figure out in the league. So we, we just getting started. Don't worry. And, 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 and next year, next year, assuming that Kevin O'Connell becomes the head coach of the Vikings, unofficially, officially, yeah. the head coach <laughs> of the Vikings, you're going to be drawing up plays. You're going to be Cooper Cup in the new <laughs> offense, right? World's going to change for Justin Jefferson. What was great is going to get even greater yeah. with this new coach. I'm excited, honestly. I'm excited for him. I've been hearing nothing but good things about him. Uh, it did. I mean, just like you said, I've been watching Cooper Cup this whole season. Yeah, He's right. been killing it. He's been wide open uh, pretty much every single play. So I'm, I'm excited for it, and this will be my first coach on the offensive side. So. I'm excited. Yeah, I bet you are. You see the Rams. They know how to get the ball to everybody. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. You got a dilemma. You have a dilemma this week. I do. I mean, OBJ, who was paying you hundreds after the championship (laughs) game. That was fake money. It wasn't real money. It was Monopoly money. It was was not real money. He's bought a way into your heart there. (laughs) Then you got Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I mean, how do you even, like, go? And, you know, everybody's LSU. Just how do you go about this in your own mind? Man, it's tough. It's it's definitely tough. You know, how much love that I have for O, you know. Yeah. I've been – Watching O for for so long. That's your guy since he's been in college. So we we've been brothers ever since. You know, but you know, being being with Joe and Jamar and playing with them and and getting a national championship with them. Right, it's a different type of love with them. You know, that's that's. That's personal yeah, bond. Right, right, right. right. We, we here. So. We're smoking stogies after right. the game. <laughs> beers, yeah. Playing BP, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I have a, a, a different type of love for them. So, yeah. you know, I got to I gotta shut my love. You're leaning there. You're I gotta leaning there. Lean I got to lean up. But, hey, if it's anybody else against O, I went O. Yeah, you know? gotcha. That's well said, though. He won't be mad at you for that. He'll, he can't. He'll, he'll, he'll he can't. understand that. He'll he can't. I got a it. national championship with those right. guys, so he, he can't be mad. No, he can't. <laughs> what was going on on the on the phones among you and Kirk and Dalvin Cook and other guys on the team when Jim Harbaugh was was in town last week to interview for the head coaching <laughs> job? What was the buzz among the players? I mean, we we heard uh, we heard about it, and uh, 
I mean, I, I knew about him. I, you know, I seen him coach, of, of course. Everybody pretty much knows about him. Uh, I was excited for, you know, uh, just hearing about all the talk and uh, knowing what type of coach he is, knowing what type of uh, person he is. I was I was happy for it, but you know if it, if he wants to stay in Michigan, and you know that's on him. That's that's his decision. Or oh, I'm so glad he didn't go to your team. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. Why you don't like him? He's a jerk. He's an absolute. He jerk. was mean to him. He once. was mean. He was <laughs> hilarious. He was mean to a lot of people. Go <laughs> <No> Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always. always. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been impressed with you since we we talked a few times in the pre-draft process. I could tell you have a plan. You love the sport. You understand understand the history there's things that i i know that you even though you're kicking butt you go i i want to get better yes. like going to year yes. three like give me one or two things in your game where you just go i'm i'm getting better this year in that area i feel like i want to get better at every category yeah. uh just getting my hands better uh route running getting more explosive getting faster uh that's so many more things that I feel like I'm a little bit weaker in yeah, my game. So right. I feel like once I touch those things up, I'll be on a whole different level. So uh, there's people that I'm I'm still wanting to work with, you know, meeting up with Randy Moss later uh, in the offseason. Yeah, down in Florida. Work, right. Yeah. Working out with, you know, Juice uh, right. at the House of Athletes. So working out with different people. Juice. Yeah. Who's Juice? Jarvis Landry. Oh, that's yeah. Juice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So working yeah. out with working out with different people all around the league, you know, just getting some new new little moves, you know, just, you know. You'll do sprint work and stuff like that, too. You're going to do it all. I'm you get on the whole track nine. and you do it all like that. Whole nine. Yeah. The yeah. whole nine. Gotcha. We got to get we got to get better, man. This I had a 1600-yard season, so I got to get better than that. I right. got to find a way. All right. <laughs> yeah. You now that you it. got two seasons under your belt though, and I know you're very driven, you're very motivated to make yourself as good as you can be. When do you transition into that role where you start saying to the guys around you, I want more from you, too. I'm going to become a leader on this team. Are, are you going to evolve into that, or are you, are you taking your time? Uh, I think that now uh, it's becoming year three, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't did the things that I had did in my first two seasons. I feel like this is the year that I become more of a, a leader, you know, more uh, captain of the team. You know, just being more vocal. Uh, you know, the first two seasons, you know, you're new to the building. Yeah, you know, right. You're the rookie. You're the right, new guy. Right. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't really, you know, I guess not. Well, not technically listen to you, but you know, it's a it's a different. You gotta earn it. Yeah, you yeah, earn yeah. It. And you've right. earned it. Now. Right. He's definitely right. earned it. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you so, speak, they're gonna listen. Yeah. They're right. gonna listen. Right. Yeah. So you had some I, things to say late in the season, and people listened. Yeah. And hopefully, people got the message. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I feel like I got to take on that new role now. Yeah, you are, you're worthy of it. All right, so like, give us some stuff just a little bit. You played the Bengals, you played the Rams, and I know the, I know the Bengals was the first game of the year. But give us a little, like, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase talk. What makes them so great? Are you surprised by this connection they've had? And it, just go ahead. Go, just let us have it. I mean, their connection is, is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they can be able to um, hot route or – you know, change the play at any time. Uh, I mean, every one-on-one Jamar has. I mean, they I, go there. They, they go don't there. even. They I go. Mean, I, the I know. It, I, I know Joe's gonna go there before the the play even right. starts. As soon know? as you see bump, you go. As, he's so, as soon as I see it, as yeah. soon as I see it, I just know how they work. Right. Just because I was in the same right. offense with them. You so. were like, wait, I had bump too. Going to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, they they're crazy talented yeah. uh, I'm just so excited to see what they have done this whole this whole year nobody expected them to go this far so I'm definitely excited and happy that they got into the Super Bowl 
for for Jamar's first and Joe's second. So it, it's it's is it crazy to think your team in there at LSU? I mean, you literally might have the one and two best receivers in football, a top five quarterback now, and you guys are kicking butt in college kicking football. It. It, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to see the the amount of talent we really had on man. that team. It's unbelievable. One of the most talented ever. It's unbelievable, yeah. man. It, it, I mean, nobody can say that we're we're not classified as the one of the best offices. Yeah, no, you're you're up there with the Miami back yeah, in the day, yeah. the Florida Gators, yeah, the Percy yeah. Harvard, and that have company. To. You got you definitely we have to. It's awesome to have you here in person, and you're here in person thanks to the folks at Sleep Number. So here's where we yeah. shut up and let you take <laughs> the Sleep Number pitch. Yeah. Uh, gladly partnered up with, with Sleep Number. Sleep Number is a, a partner with the NFL, too, so uh, they've been blessing us in the whole year with, you know, just free beds and everything, but uh, they 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 blessed me and donated uh, $5,000 to uh, the Northside Achievement Zone in uh, Minneapolis, uh, a, a zone that I've been, you know, working with this whole season, just giving back to them, you know, doing turkey drives, doing toy giveaways, so uh, Sleep Number has has been doing some great things with me. T tell us more about this group you're involved in. Uh, how did you get involved in it? Since it's Minneapolis, you've only been there two years. What drew you yeah. to them? Uh, well, it's a, it's a really the north uh, area of Minnesota, Minneapolis. Uh, and, you know, they don't have much. They're, they're low, really a low zone, low, low area. Low area. Right, right. Yep. So just wanted to, you know, share a little bit of light on them, uh, get some, some happy faces, smiling faces, you know, kids all around that love, you know, just seeing me, being around me. So uh, definitely wanted to, you know, just give them, you know, a little extra. I've I've always kind of wanted to get the sleep number bed. I'm not even gonna lie. It's, it's phenomenal, no, man. You never I, had one? No, I've never had one. I mean, the, I, the I, different it's features a different on it. I know. Different. And I got a wife that snores. So I would like <laughs> oh, she to. Oh, you definitely need it. I'd like to prop her up and get her in position <laughs> so I can keep sleeping. You definitely need it. You yeah, definitely you're, need you're, it. Your wife has a husband who farts. Well, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I'm not. Where men go, I'm not that sticky of a man. All right. <laughs> they'll have you. They'll have your feet warm at night and everything. Yeah. All right. Good. My wife's out here, so she won't be watching the show. So I could say stuff like that. <laughs> hey, uh, but 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 it's, it, it really is great to see you. You're an awesome player. You're with a Thank great you. team. Thank it's you. It's a great facility. Great stadium, yeah. great fans. Okay, team. Quarterback, okay, quarterback, team. quarterback, not so much. Depends on the day. You did say some stuff, though, recently I saw about, you know, with Kirk and, I mean, you're just kind of taking it as it goes. It's yeah. up to the team who the quarterback yeah. is. You're, gonna, yeah. you're there to run the routes and catch passes wherever the quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't throw balls to myself. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of people say things like about Kirk, and you know, like, he gets criticized a little yeah. harshly. Yeah. 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 I'm just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, I, look, he gets it done. He gets yeah. it done. There's yeah. just sometimes yeah. that he, he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, a lot of people, all people, really care about his wins. Yeah. So at the end of the day, if you don't get any wins, then. You know, people going to be uh, yeah, a little critical. harsh on you. Right, yeah, right. right. So, if, I mean, if, if we start winning, you know, get some get some dubs, get in the playoffs, right. get high in the playoffs, maybe reach to the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I, people I look, ain't going to be on them then. I look forward to the year that we can't talk to you in person this week. Oh, my God. You will. You will. Oh, my driving you crazy. That year, if you guys get the Vikings, him, he'll be uncontrollable. All right. Well, hey, great seeing you. Good luck. Don't be available to to us next year. Are you getting ready for the game next year? For sure. For sure. I'm right with you on that one. All right. You're the man.
Here we are at the NFL Experience. It's starting to fill up here on a Thursday afternoon. Just a few days until Super Bowl 56. We've been here all week. I've gotten rid of Chris Sims. Thank God I've had enough of him. Here's another guy that I have. And you know what, Jay Glazer? By the way, Jay Glazer's book, Unbreakable, Lessons for Living from a Mental Health Warrior. i got it right here. I got a copy at home. My son insisted on ordering. And I said, I think he'll hook us up with a free one. I still want to order it. I like him. I don't like you. I like him. Uh, I was trying to think of how long we've known each other. And I think the evidence that you've known someone a long time comes from the fact that you cannot remember how long you've known them. Well, when did you start? 20 years ago. 20? Yeah. Okay. So I started in, I got my first I guess, shot interning at WFAN in 89, but I started covering the NFL in 93. So you're the guy with the law degree. How, what, what is that? Well, equal? you were doing it for a while. You've yeah. been around it for 30 yeah. years. I got involved in 2001. And at some point between 2004 and 2007, we connected. Right. Because I probably said and something you, about you that you didn't like. Sure. That's probably how it started. But also you did it differently than I did differently. You know, when I started covering the NFL in 93, I walked into that giant locker room and I said, man, how could I be different? And, you know, I looked at it and said, hey, I'll be the last dude standing in here. So if everybody else works nine to five, I'm going to outwork them. Not by a little, by a lot. I'll, work, I'll come in at 7 a.m. and I'll go home. Actually, I didn't have enough money. I was making 9700 a year for those first 10 years of my career. And I have enough money to drive myself back into New York City every day and take a you know, bus to the subway. So Strahan drove me back in every single day till I finally got a full-time job in 99. So I owe him like 28 grand in Lincoln Tunnel Fair. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to outwork everybody in here by, again, 7 a.m. till whenever Michael will drive me back, which is usually 7, 8 p.m., something along those lines. And um, that, and I was like, man, I'm going to, build relationships. I'm not going to use my pen as a weapon. I'm going to build relationships and with relationships, these scoops will come but it's also like for me, man it became a community. This book I have, you know, how I turn my depression anxiety into motivation, and you can too, there's a lot of lessons in there. One of them is to find your teams. The NFL for me has been a team. You know, the, the mixed martial arts world has been a team. The veteran community now for me is a team. I need these teams to get the roommates in my head to talk nicely to each other. So I did it differently. You did it, did it differently. Um, and we took a lot of crap from some of the old school guys, if you that's will. That's why we've always gotten so along, we, though. You know, we've always we gotten along because we did differently. And the people who... And I've threatened you a lot. That's true. Yes. The people who <laughs> did it the traditional way... I, and look, I understand yep. that... You, 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 I wish I could do it the traditional way. I wasn't smart enough. I, well, I didn't do it the traditional way because I was doing something else. Right. I had a, I was I was practicing law, and the Internet was the great equalizer where you could be anywhere in the world and you could express yourself, and it just kind of happened. I didn't intend for anything to happen. I just was trying to have fun. I, I, I love listen, football and I was trying to have some fun. I had work ethic, and I had also the desire... Not desire, but I have this thing, and it's crazy because, again, I have... Really bad depression and anxiety where it's clinical for me, yet I was willing to be rejected over and over and over and over and over more than any human being I've ever met until my dreams came true. You know, so that was that, you know, again, we just did it differently. Do I wish I was smart enough to go to West Virginia or any real school? I went to Pace, sorry, Pace College, um, and do it the way that the Schefters have done it and and more to people like that. Yeah, I wish I could have. I just I was but a remedial English kid. You still did it. Still <laughs> I did, did it because I was willing to be knocked down more than everybody else. And I'd say, you know, it's funny because I, I always talk to God. I'm a big God guy. I said, God, I don't want you to get me this job. Just pick me up, brush me off, 
and let's keep walking this walk together. So I never felt alone, and that way I was willing to be rejected as many times as it took until I got, you know, where I needed to get to. That that overnight success lasted 11 years of being broker than broke, 9700 bucks a year. And that's the key. And, look, I don't want to sound like the old man who's lecturing the kids out there who all want to have greatness, but you don't just show up at the top of the right. mountain. You don't get airlifted and dropped at the top of the mountain. you got to climb it. And the right. climb, frankly, is the most rewarding part That's of the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. Right. I never knew I'd be on a show with Terry Bradshaw and Howie Long and Kurt Menefee and Jimmy Johnson and Michael Strand and Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Like, are you kidding me? I never knew that would happen. So at one point I had to look at it and go, okay, that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, the journey itself. Because here's the funny thing. With my level of depression and anxiety, it like, I don't know how to love myself from the inside out. I wake up every day in what I call the gray. Like, the sky is falling and the universe hates me. And, and I know that's not true logically. And my life is great. But between my ears sucks. And because I couldn't find this love, A, it led me into a cage, right? That's why I felt like I belonged to go get my head beat in by Chuck Liddell's walking around here somewhere and the Randy Couture's and, and Henzo Gracie's and people like that. But it also led me to go do such great things on the outside so I could learn how to get some love from the outside in. And hopefully one day maybe I can meet in the middle. Like, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm still trying to learn those skills of self-worth. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. But writing a book like this where I could be a voice for mental health, that definitely calms the roommates in my head and gets them to talk a lot nicer to each other. And this is something you have been dealing with for years. I first found out about it. You told me about it maybe three or four years ago. I didn't know anything about it. And what, what was the moment that caused you to decide to throw the doors open and and write this book yeah. and be as open about it and talk about it and yeah. not feel like anyone's going to judge you or look at you differently or, you know, the stigma yeah. that's been part of mental health for so many years. What caused you to say, screw it, I'm throwing it open and I'm going to let everyone know because maybe yeah. somebody out there will hear this and it'll help them? Well, I was very open. We have our MVP sessions where we take our former combat vets and our former pro athletes. Um, we put us together, we train together, and we just talk afterwards. We, we talk we talk about everything. And I talk about, like, me training. After me and Randy Couture are done beating the crap out of each other, that's when we open up and we cry and we talk about everything. So I, I saw how much I was able to help with our vets and our, and our players. And I was like, man, if I could take some of this and spread it out to the rest of the world, man, that, that's my mission. That's what God put me here to do. And um, it was two years ago. I wrote something like the in the athletic about, and I was just like a little throwaway thing, and then all of a sudden people went, "Oh my God, you too, you have it." And I'm like, "Yeah, like who doesn't?" And like I always, you know, I brag all the time about my physical scars from fighting. I'm proud of them all, but I want us all to start bragging about our mental scars also. It's something that we overcame. We came through the other side of that tunnel. Something that could have broken us, but did not. Hence the name Unbreakable. And I, I, I just saw the reaction. And I saw the need because no one's given this thing words. And whether it's my level of depression and anxiety or we just went through a pandemic where we were forced to socially yeah. isolate, right? Or you think your life sucks because you're comparing yourself to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second on social media. It's not real, but it's a harder role to live in these days and navigate. So we talk about mental health, but who describes it? I want to be that voice to give us a voice through the gray, find some color in the gray and... Man, the, the more I've opened up to my friends, the most macho dudes in the world, 
the closer it's gotten us together. So I'm telling everybody else out there, open up to your people. There is no shame. Nobody will shame you for it. I can promise you that. Well, and that's the key, too, because everybody deals with something at some point, whether it's clinical, whether it's situational, whether it's just a bad weekend. We all go through crap. And I think one of the things to remember is whatever it is, it is temporary. Whatever it is, you can find a way through it. And if you have resources, you have friends, you have people you can talk to, that's what's going to help you get through it. And it's easy to say it. It's hard to do it when you're in the middle of it. And it sounds like it's something that you literally have to battle Every day. Every, every morning. Every morning. Every morning I wake up. It's, man, like, yeah, like, I don't know which version of me is gonna, I'm going to wake up with. And if it's the version that the sky is falling or the version that um, the universe, everybody hates me. And So what do you do when, when you wake up and you're in the gray? So a, what, what do you do to, to help yourself out of it? I do. I do. I start, I start meditating in the morning. And uh, I start meditating and um trying to I, I kind of put three songs on and one is I try and um, do things I'm grateful for right and, it, and it's hard to when, you, when you're having a pity party for yourself it's hard to do that and then I do things that I'm proud of it's hard also for somebody like me and the third thing is positive affirmations of things that I want to do like this book I'm going to write a book I'm going to help this number of people I'm going so things like that so I do that right but also like when I'm struggling now I call my boys like a couple weeks ago I was in one I it was, uh, it was, it's not often where it renders me where I just can't get out of bed or, or off the couch, but this day it did. And I called a guy named Mark Kerr, who's the first ever UFC heavyweight champ of the world, smashing machine. Uh, HBO did a documentary on him, and I called him. I said, bro, I am struggling. I need you to come over. And he's like, what do you want to do? I said, I, I need to spar. I'm like, I want you to punch me in the face. I need more CTE to get me out of this. <laughs> so he, he did. He came over, and I called my team. I called my teammates, and that's... The biggest thing, don't isolate, call your teammates. And, you know, this book is a prescriptive thing of what you could do. I la- I try and laugh a lot. Uh, you guys see me on TV all the time laughing and joking. A lot of it is to entertain you at home, but a lot of it is also for me to slice through the gray because the gray hates laughter. And then the third thing is I, I make sure I'm of service to people. So I'm always doing tra- charitable works or even just calling somebody and saying, man, how you doing? That's one thing I've learned from you not that long ago, that if you know somebody that periodically has these issues, there's huge value, not in waiting for them to reach out to you if they're having a bad day, but just drop them a text, give them a call, just, I'm thinking about you, how are you doing today? You never know when that lightning bolt is going to come and help them, when they otherwise maybe not in the mindset where they want to text or they want to talk, and just just keeping in touch with people all the time. As we were talking... One of my friends is missing, um, and we're out there searching for him. And, again, it's it's not – suicide is, is, is such a bad epidemic these days. I mean, Miss USA just committed suicide. That's the most beautiful woman in the world, and she felt lonely, right? So, man, you've got to call your team. We've got to reach out to each other. You can't um, – you know, and in the book, I, I do a lot of our lessons of MVP while we've been so successful in preventing a lot of suicides. I You know, I always tell them – Man, when someone, you know, again, there are 22 vets a day that kill themselves. That is not okay. Like, man, I'm doing whatever I can to change that number, bring that number down. Um, and whenever somebody in the crew has somebody that does, and the whole group's crying, I'm like, hey, how many in this group, you know, tried attempting themselves? And a bunch of hands go up. I'm like, well, this is what you would have left behind. Right? So this is your chance to have a do-over. I can guarantee you that your friend or whoever wasn't, whatever afterlife you believe in, 
is up in that afterlife looking down right now. They're not looking going, yes, celebrating that we're all crying. Guarantee you that they're up there going, oh, my God, what did I do? No, I wish I could take it back. Well, this is your chance. And what you can learn here and what I'm trying to preach to is it's your chance to do it, to have a do-over. Um, and don't leave us with that grief, man. We we got to be there for each other, man, in the darkest of times. How much has this helped you personally, telling your story in this yeah. book, talking to people about the book? How much has it helped you? I've had, I had an 80-year-old grandmother recently reach out and say, thank you for giving me the words for the first time in my life. <laughs> you see me get, you know, a little choked up saying this, but like, man, that's someone's grandma who I was able to give these words to that said, I can finally talk to my husband and my kids and my grandkids. It's pretty damn special. And I've had a lot of parents reach out saying, I don't get it, but my kid's going through, and now you've given me a way to connect with my kid. That's pretty damn special. Thank God for this platform, that Fox and the NFL, that I can have this platform where I could do things like this. Well, and just think about all the years, all the decades where we were wired as a people to keep our mouths shut, keep our heads low. You don't talk about it. It's embarrassing. You're going to embarrass the family. You're going to embarrass yourself, the, the, especially men, but but everybody. It, it, there's been a stigma yep. attached to it for so long, and you've been doing so such great work in tearing down yep. that wall and and eliminating it. And I know I know that people are still reluctant, but I think we're at a time now, and you've been at the forefront of this, getting people to realize. It's nothing to be ashamed okay. of. Yeah, be proud it's of okay. our scars. It's something we're all going through. Life isn't perfect. we got to go through it, and it's got to motivate us to come through that. Whatever has almost broken you but didn't, you came through the other side of that tunnel. Be proud of that. Be proud of your scars. Be, be proud of your wars. I had no idea Terry Bradshaw had struggled with depression for so many years. I had yeah. no idea. Oh, he was the first one. He came out. He, he's what opened the door for people like me to talk about it. And when I first joined Fox, I started talking to Terry about it way back then. And I was in 2004 saying, man, I, I go through the same things, and he and I were just talking about it inside. And that's the first time I had somebody like that I could talk to. Terry was a pioneer. He was brave as could be because he was talking about it before we talked about it. Yeah. You know? And listen, I had my first anxiety panic attack in 2005, and I've had them every single time I've done a show ever since. But back then, we didn't talk about it. So I thought I was having a heart attack. And I now know it's not dangerous. Like, but, man... My hands will shake. My heart will go like this. My eyes will go back and forth. I'll start sweating. And a lot of times I'm like, call it wrestling with my abuser. While I'm on the air talking to people, I'm talking to this voice like, dude, just let me be. And trying to calm myself down and talking to America at the same time. It's a little, it's it's chaotic. But I want people out there to know like that, yeah, it happens to me. It happens to you. It's okay. Right? I'm messed up, but I'm good with my messed upness. Well, that's the key. That's one way to get out of it. Embrace it, own it, and yep. work at it every single day. Unbreakable. How I turned my depression and anxiety into motivation. And you can, too. That's the key. And that's you it. can, too. It's great seeing you. You too, man. And uh, I have my copy at home. Well, I'm going to have to get my own copy because my son <laughs> will claim the one that showed up at our house. But like uh, awesome stuff. Congratulations. Thank you, brother. And appreciate so much what you're doing. We're going to take a break. We're return. Eli Manning joins the program. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. 
Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.